no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. We have 434 bishops in the United States, both active and retired. And we only have five that are speaking out. And they have to limit what they do themselves. With all the power of the bishops, they can change the country and thereby change the world. But they're not doing it. They won't speak out. There are many of those that are in the middle, others on the left, and on the right, they still don't speak out. The peasant and the pews are getting very, very sick of this. And all the groups of the bishops had divided this country. You're doing masses in Spanish, thereby suppressing these people. I said recently on the radio, my father spoke only Italian. When he got to first grade, no English. There was no English teacher. He had to listen and learn. One of the gifts and the blessings from God, we have one language. The citizens in Alaska can talk the same people in the same words in Miami. But Miami is being overrun of another language. It's the devil. And you bishops, and what you do with this is causing division. It's good to be able to speak Spanish if you can, but you must have English to the unity in this country going forward. I know many people, even the priests and the bishops, will not like what I say. I don't care. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm sick of this division. You got one president. 
in Hungary puts down the bishops by what he says. His name is Victor Orban. He just said, Hungary will defend its home, its language, its culture, and will not give into Western European imperial ambitions. The Prime Minister just gave a speech. Every speech he has made in the past, he has reflected on these points. He says European current affairs and their impact on Hungary, he's fighting against. He is saying the EU is rich, yes, but they also are weak. He says it's isolating itself in a world with many uncertainties. He says the United Kingdom, France, or even Italy will be no longer. If you might thinking that I'm politicizing LA's actions and our messages, you're dead wrong if you believe that. Array is here for us to see what we haven't seen. And this prime minister, he's got more common sense than the whole bishops and many people even in America. Victor said, the balance of global power is shifting in such a rapid way that the world has never witnessed before. Sounds like a lady. I'm going to give messages as never before in history of the world from the beginning. He says, quote, The USA, dominance of the world stage, is constantly waning. Why? Because spirituality and not being strong by a shepherd's through your social justice, sprinkled with socialism. Oban talks about China. His politics, his economy, his great effort for military rise, that China wants to end centuries of humiliations. He says China despises the West's global values. The Prime Minister maintains that the world is heading towards a collision, which can only be prevented if world leaders find a new balance. I say it's not the leaders. I say it's the bishops. That's where it starts. You can have the best leaders you want, but you got the bad shepherds who silence, who said nothing. They birth and open these doors to these things. The bishop conference, they have to have these studies so they can give the exhortations. Like we need more papers. We got the Bible we got 2,000 years ago and 2,000 years of Christendom. And you got to go into these stupid things. Oh, here comes another paper, another study, another panel. Just step out, bishops, and start speaking out. Run your diocese. Get out in the streets. Speak against these things happening. You got a prime ministry saying way more than what you're saying. But no, you got to go through exhortations. And you put your hands together. We got it covered now. Garbage. You're putting out garbage. You're destroying this country. And through this country, the devil will destroy the world. 
Not that the bishops around the world. I'm talking about the United States. Let's go back in history. Back in the 1300s, a statement was made about you today. And everybody listens to this. Write this down and put it on your refrigerator. Mail it to the bishop once a month. You're not a shepherd. You're a wolf. Is that hard? Well, what about a little woman? And she's a doctor of the church. And this statement is medicine, and this is what you're doing. And this doctor, she's a doctor. She's giving you the medicine. Make your bishops memorize this. Keep it in his face. St. Catherine of Siena, she says, We've had enough of exhortations to be silent, cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence, and that's your sin. You say nothing. And us peasants in the pew, we hear nothing. I respect the office of bishop. I've said this many times. And I'm a peon, but I'm not going to be silent. Because you own this problem, all the difficulties we have. If I was a bishop, it wouldn't take me a week to clean everything up. All you need to have is guts. We've had enough of exhortations to be silent. She's saying, St. Catherine, just be silent. Because what you're saying and what you're putting out is worthless. Instead, Catherine says, cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. She's a doctor, so you can't be with me. She's saying to you now, 2023, right now. Right now, bishops. You're killing us. You're killing our church. And now we got just somebody appointed for the congregation of the doctrine of the faith. And it's been said, our church is going to be shifting into a radical different direction. But you do have your meetings. Just you write your exhortations. Go mass right before Biden's been swearing in. They had the meetings. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to be happy with that. I'm not. And I'm angry with you. You're a derelict of your responsibilities. You can be safe and just do confirmation and just do the sacraments. Because that's be safe. You're not going to rile nobody up. Rile people up. Do something. 42 years of apparitions. For what? Because our church, quote, Catherine, is rotten because of silence. Here is a prime minister speaking out so strong. He says, We have a common home, a common language, a common culture. These form the basis of our freedom and our well-being, which we have to protect. We will not give in to its political and financial blackmails and make compromises because we insist on defending our rights. 
Our bishops are not doing our rights. They're not protecting us. But we got a model. Prime Minister Victor Orban. He has now set out to demonstrate the defender of Hungary, of his own particular vision of Christian identity. The Hungarian parliament passed a law that included a ban on showing abominable content or gender assignment to minors. It's across the libraries across America. Where are you bishops to call your diocese to follow you into the libraries and pull this off the shelves? Oh, nobody's going to come in. You'll have the whole diocese following you. You don't get it. Oh, you may go to jail. Too bad. Because you haven't done this, you are going to jail. Because that's where they're going now. Because you're so weak, we are going to be run over as Christians. So Victor said they have a series of bills against the LGB people. Not one, bishops, but a series of bills. All the bishops should gather together and go into Congress. Disrupt it. Can't do that. Jesus did that. Is that what you're afraid of? You'll get killed? Jesus wasn't. So Victor and the Prime Minister with the Parliament has made these moves a series of bills, not just one. They're shutting it down. The LGB community. They got backlash from Brussels because they're liberal. And they were going to take legal actions them over these measures. The Prime Minister is passing several laws while you bishops are silent. St. Catherine has more to say to you bishops just as she did to the popes and bishops in her time. Being as doctor of the church, her words are still applicable to you at this time, even more. This is what she says. St. Catherine of Siena speaks to the popes and bishops. Since Christ has given you authority and you have accepted it, you ought to be using the power and strength that is yours. If you don't intend to use it, it would be better and more to God's honor and the good of your soul to resign. If I were in your place, I would be afraid of incurring divine judgment. Later in her letter, she continued, Cursed be you, for time and power were entrusted to you, and you did not use them. Our Lord, speaking to St. Catherine of Siena, They, the abominables, not only fail from resisting the weakness of fallen human nature, but they do even worse when they commit the cursed sin against nature. Like the blind and stupid, having dimmed the light of their understanding, they do not recognize the disease and misery in which they find themselves. For this not only causes me nausea, but is disgusting even to the devils themselves, whom these depraved creatures have chosen as their lords. For me, this sin against nature is so abominable that for it alone five cities were destroyed by virtue of the judgment of my divine justice, which could no longer bear their iniquity. 
It is disgusting to the devils, not because evil displeases them, or because they find pleasure in good, but rather because their nature is angelic and flees upon seeing such a repulsive sin being committed. For while certainly it is the devil that first strikes the sinner with the poisoned arrow of concupiscence, nonetheless, when a man actually carries out such a sinful act, the devil goes away. St. Catherine, as you just heard, Jesus told her that the sin is even disgusting to the devils. What else do you need, bishops, to loosen up your tongue to speak like St. Catherine? Going back to the great prime minister of Hungary, he states, I believe in Europe that if Europe embraces diversity, that the children's future are at stake and Christian values basically to be destroyed and they have to be protected. Their laws has changed everything in the schools to protect the children from the propaganda of LGBT garbage. What do we start at? Our bishops are to demand our Catholic president and the first lady how about started with excommunicating. Oh, we can't do that. Really? You can do it. You don't have to have no meetings. It's very simple. Oh, we got to have a study. we got to have evidence. One thing is easily to go look at and excommunicate the president and the first lady. Just go on Google and look at the video. Pride Day on the White House lawn of which the president and the first lady spit in our faces and your face as a bishop that they're 100% for LGB, transgender, End of story. That's it. Wherever you see a bishop, start saying that in his face. Excommunicate these two people. And that's a shot heard around the whole world. It's all you have to do. That's it. And you probably discuss me. I don't care. We send our material to 120 countries. We have people every day changing and converting. I'm not talking about one person. 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. Go on our website, mej.com, M-E-J, and look at the feedbacks. 20 years of writings and broadcasts. People who have lost God and came to conversion through this mission because we are following the Queen of Peace, the Virgin Mary of Medjugorje, and have placed ourselves under her mantle that you're scared of, most of you. Can't talk about that. But I talk about it, and we got a mission with 65,000 square foot, four stories, a print shop, sending things all over the world. Anybody in my position will be careful what they're saying because your mission could get hurt or somebody stuffed the donations. I don't care. This doesn't bother me. What bothers me if we don't put out truth, we have no doubt that we were affecting millions of people now and to the decades and centuries coming. The youth are in a difficult situation. They have little purpose on earth except entertainment, electronics. Many of them don't even know how to work. And it's a crisis. 
a Protestant pastor I ran across. He was addressing the youth today, Pastor Andrew Iker. He's got a lot to say. This follows now. The following is an excerpt from an article titled The Meaninglessness of Modern Life by Pastor Andrew Isker. The article begins, Our young people believe they have no other purpose on this earth than to seek pleasure and entertain away their boredom. Tens of millions in our country live this way. Is it any wonder that people have never been more anxious, depressed, and wanting to end their life? The days of our youth, when all our ancestors formed families and built with a mind to the future, are wasted by millions. Looking at fertility statistics, nearly half of American women under 45 are childless. This portends a time will come when a majority of people are totally alone, with no stake whatsoever in the future. A people who will die alone and who will have devoted their life to nothing but conspicuous consumption. This is how civilizations die or are overthrown into cataclysmic warfare and conquest. More often, they lose the will to live and die. Everyone assumed the good times would continue on indefinitely, and the next generation would simply inherit it. We came of age where everyone was living as if the good times were still here, but the fact that they were gone and never coming back was something that escaped everyone. At the same time, all the things that give life meaning were taken from us and in many cases are vilified. A generation grew up being taught that pride in your heritage as an American is the very grave sin of ethnocentrism and very near kin of the unforgivable sin of racism. Implicit in this idea is that it is good for America to simply die off and be replaced by random human beings from across the globe. Whether you are on the far left or a conservative evangelical, this generation is brought up believing the world is soon going to end from global warming. It might seem like we are never coming back. In many ways, this is true. The old America is gone. You just heard him say, it might seem like we are never coming back. In many ways, this is true. The old America is gone. Our lady was just in the field. She was present of us during the consecration of the United States of America. Our lady calls young people who love their country, love their people, love their place, and love their heritage. That's gone away. Our Lady is looking for young people to pull them away from the system that is choking them to death, the electronics, and wasting time uselessly that gives you the ability to grow. Pastor Andrew continues. These are young people who have seen the worthlessness of living for nothing except to consume and be entertained. Young people who realize what must be totally despised. Young people who recognize that their lives are about so much more than going to nice bars and restaurants with friends week after week. Young people who have rejected the path of least resistance offered to them 
and instead chosen the way of life our ancestors pursued. A life of dedication and duty. A life of honor. A life that produces life. They have instead sought out a life that rejects our world's banishment of the transcendent and look to the heavens to pursue the glory of God. No longer is the meaninglessness of modern life acceptable to them. They seek out what the Lord has created them to be. I stop at that point. What you can see he is saying in so many ways, because he's not talking about a lady, it is our lady who is raising up those who carry forth the torch of civilization. Our lady has said to the youth, I'm guiding you into a new time. Pastor continues. The events of the past few years have caused many of them to reorganize and reorient their lives around building communities that will survive what is to come. Just as ancient Christians lived in a polis, a city inside the polis, so too must we today. And not just communities of Christians generally, including those enamored with the world, but those who see the time of day. God has orchestrated events such that we are forced into doing so. No longer can we remain comfortable and complacent like those who love the world of filth. We must become like the pilgrims who first settled in America. But unlike them, there is no wilderness of the new world to settle. We must refound our nation, even as the decaying one has not yet fully surrendered to ruin. This mission is the antidote to modern ennui. The mission of Christians is to rebuild what we have lost and carry forward the inheritance we have been given. A mission to build a parallel Christian society. Far from despairing at the death of the nation we love, we can devote ourselves to rebuilding it anew. And while the lovers of the world breathe their last gasps alone and terrified, with nothing but faded memories of brunch, we will go to glory surrounded by our children's children, who will take up the mantle of building a new Christendom after we have gone. That is a vision of the good life. That is the vision of a life well spent. And that is what we pursue. Did you hear what he just said? Go to the glory surrounded by our children's children who will take up the mantle. This is a Protestant. How did he get that in the verbiage? And without him knowing about it, he's talking about our lady's mantle. Who else is using that verbiage? Our lady is. He's talking about a lady. And bishops, you don't even accept it. Oh, yeah, Medjugorje is happening. No big deal. August 25th, 1997. Now you do not understand why I'm here. But soon the time will come when you lament of my messages. And that's what's happening. It's passing you bishops through your silence. And you hear this Protestant pastor and others giving a teaching that's aligned 100% with LA's messages, and they don't even know about it. We will go to the glory surrounded by our children's children who will take up the mantle 
of building a new Christendom after we have gone. That is a vision. What is Our Lady? What does Maria see? A vision. But the vision, Our Lady is physical. She can touch Our Lady. She can talk to her. Our Lady has kissed Maria. That is a vision of the good life. That is the vision of a life well spent. And that is what we pursue. And that's not what you do. You don't pursue the ways of Our Lady. People from another denomination has more wisdom than you have. Bishops and all your names after your doctors and all this and bachelor, whatever you got, means nothing to me. Because in third grade, for me, I flunked everything. 72 Ds and 13 Fs. I don't want no title behind my name. And I'm not scared. Whatever you threat, how much you despise me, I'm doing this to convict you. And if you don't get convicted now, you will greatly be in lamentations. That's from the Mother of God. And it's coming to you now. You will tear your hair out. That is the vision of a life well spent, and that is what we pursue. So you, who have been following Our Lady, don't worry about what people think about you. If they hate you, despise you, remember the scriptures. They persecuted me first. No student is greater than his master. Woe to you. Woe to you. Woe to you. We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. St. Catherine, 1380, Doctor of the Church. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.